What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on Earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. The following content is not suitable for children. The world is amazing. Toxic positivity. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. Are you a toxically positive person, George? I don't know. I can be at times, maybe. <laughs> what the hell do we even mean by that, Lori? Toxic positivity. Can there be anything toxic about positivity? I know. It's it's such a good way of thinking and of being, right? Thinking of the positive, thinking about how life is good and happy and focusing on the good things. Why would that be ever toxic? So I agree. It's never toxic. It's always a good thing. <laughs> Let's finish I, I, this podcast. Good job, everyone. Good Hope job. You all listening. done. All done. I think what we're referring to, and I'm not exactly sure what the definition is out there, but when positivity is used as a block against intimacy, whether emotional, mm. emotional intimacy or sexual intimacy, when people kind of focus on how good things are, and it becomes this protection, you call it sometimes an anchor, which I think is a really smart term because... You're, you're saying it's an anchor against change toward connection and secure attachment, right? Right. It's a lot of people who use this as an avoidance to go into the fears, the pain, the hurt, right? They mm -hmm. don't want to access that, but they, that means they're not going to access it with their partner. So it becomes a moment of disconnection between two people. That's where toxic positivity becomes really counterproductive. Right. But I want to back up a second because, you know, I, I talked a lot about this. In my book, Sacred Stress, Kelly McGonigal, who's a psychologist, does a lot of research on positive stress. There is something really healthy about trying to reframe something negative and seeing the challenge in it, the opportunity. Like there, We're not saying it's, it's always bad. It's critical if you want to live a successful life to be able to kind of see an opportunity and a challenge. Yes. But what we're talking about is an extreme of that, that people use this focus on the positive as an avoidance of the vulnerability. They're not actually looking at the challenge. They're, they're doing what they can to get away from it. Every day... We rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In my work, I've seen people do this sexually and emotionally, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like 
maybe emotionally, it, it often does sound like a person saying, why are you so negative? You, you only focus on the things that are wrong in our relationship. you know. And it's usually a withdrawal strategy that is getting away from that criticism or that blaming or something. And same sexually. It's like, well, you know, we have such a good life and our children are young and, you know, we're so busy. Why can't we just celebrate that? Why do we have to get so down, bogged down by the fact that we don't have sex very often or we don't have the kind of sex that you are wanting? It's like, we have a great life, you know, and it's like the person is avoiding maybe dealing with the pursuer's feelings about wanting more connection, either emotionally or sexually, and how that might make the relationship even better. Exactly. The way I try to explain it to couples so they can see it a little bit more clearly is, is, is looking at both the intent and the impact, right? The intent is healthy. The intent is, hey, why are we going to talk about Friday night's fight? It's only going to make things worse. Let's focus on Saturday where we went to the dinner. We had we saw a great movie. Like it's the f- intent is healthy. It's trying to kind of focus on what's good in the relationship. The impact, however, is often very different because it tells the other person who's in stress or hurt or wants to engage that you know not only am I not going to meet you there, but there's something wrong with you for wanting to go to that place. That's where it feels gaslighting to the partner. It's like, wait a second, I just want to talk to my partner about something hard so we can repair, and now we're not getting a chance to repair, and it it can usually escalate and and feed this negative cycle. Yeah. I have some really close friends who um, the husband is very positive, and it is he's very successful. It it is a good strategy for much of his life. Mm -hmm. He focuses on the good. But sometimes she'll tell me that, actually, she says, sometimes she'll tell me about a pattern that is very frequent, where whatever she talks about, he kind of does the flip side. You know, the children are acting up in this way. And he'll say, you know, but we got such great kids. They've got good grades and they're not in drugs. And, or she's like, you know, I'm concerned about money. I know, but, you know, the raise is coming or I'm concerned about my parent, you know, who's ailing. It's like you know, though they've got support, you've got your brothers and sisters to help you. And all of those things are true. All of the resources that they have and the things he's pointing out are true. But what it leaves her with is this feeling of, in my moment of distress and worry or a little bit of anxiety about this, I'm telling my partner, I'm spilling this out to my partner, and all I need him to do is validate, like, yeah, I see why you're worried about that, honey. She's like, that step would mean the world to me. And then then I can kind of see the sunny side of the street. But without that step, he feels a million miles away from me. Yeah. And to help that guy, I mean, there has there's some work that has to be done. I think for so many men that go immediately to the positive, there's no choice there, right? It just moves so quick. Their brain picks up really quick. Right, mm-hmm. that there's a threat if they if the conversation keeps going in a direction it looks like it's going towards mm-hmm. the negative towards right. So say, wait, that, say a little bit more about that threat piece. Like, what do you think they're feeling when they feel the threat? I mean, that's the funny thing here. Most people think these positive people don't want to do emotions. They're actually really got fine-tuned radars for picking up potential threat. Right, a conversation that's going to go towards the negative. If my wife says, "Hey, you know what? I want to talk about something." You know, the other day, you know, I, I don't think we we were on the same page. Like 
immediately my brain is saying, uh-oh, this is potential threat. Mm. I'm going to get defensive. She's going to mm-hmm. get defensive. Like, we're in a good place. Why do I want this to happen? If I can take this conversation in a different direction, yeah. right, I'm going to I'm going to yeah, mitigate yeah. that that threat. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an immediate reading of threat and an action tendency that says, let me try this because this is what I would do for myself anyway. I'm not doing yes. this to, to my, this is, this is how I deal with threat in my body. It's a, it's a flight response towards something different to get out of it. Like it's an anchor in the brain that the person has learned to go to that has rewarded that person time after time after time. It's a successful way of dealing with this threat. So it's, it's actually a pull towards safety. Yeah. The impact is something totally different. But what we're trying to do with these withdrawers is to kind of slow down the process to see the very good reasons they do it. And then to start also stretching them to see, can you see the impact, which is different than what you're getting on the inside? And if you could start to slowly see that you start to develop a choice, isn't that better to go through life with a choice instead of letting this thing become automatic, which is so often what it is for most of these withdrawers? Yeah, I love what you said that there's an uh-oh inside that they do feel first that they there is a little bit of a threat inside when their partner is going down that road like uh-oh we could be tanked my partner could get really upset here I may not know how to comfort them you know my words in the past maybe haven't comforted them they, there could be all kinds of emotions that they are feeling and the strategy which create success in other realms is just like, let's move away from that. Let's think about the good things, the positive things. Mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate that you're saying the person who has sort of toxic positivity or, or let's just not even call it toxic, you know, that they, that's their strategy actually has other emotions that might not be so comfortable. And so they're using this to to pull themselves through and they're using this exactly. to pull their partner through. But like you said, the impact on the partner on my girlfriend is she's left, she's left alone yeah. in her worries. Um, she really wants to review with her partner this and, and a little bit of validation and kind of coming to her, which is kind of what I do on our walks together. You know, I listen and validate and stay with her a little bit. And then I watch her. She kind of climbs out of it herself. Yeah. Because she's been what we call, you know, in therapy, resourced. She's had somebody who's gassed her up, somebody who's cared about her in that painful moment without insisting that she be different. And then, voila, you know, the strategy that she employs. She's a smart woman. She can figure things out. And she just, you know, and well, there's this. And, you know, then she kind of rebalances on the kids or the money or whatever it is. So. This is how we're going to blow your brains, everyone. I mean, this is the tough part of this work. But once you make it clear and you have a map, it becomes easier to climb that mountain. You know, for these withdrawers in that moment, what Laurie is describing beautifully is this pursuer is looking for co-regulation. They're struggling, they're anxious, and they're looking for another nervous system to join them. Yes. Unfortunately for the withdrawer, every one of these fights where their partner's negative and they try to go positive and it leads to another fight. It's just a failure in co-regulation. It trains their body. This is why you don't want to do this. This is why you want to go towards the positive. So that when they try to do positivity and it only leads to escalation because they've stopped trying to fix things, stop trying to reassure me, you just don't know how to be with me, like all these things that are going to come their way, then they're going to leave. 
right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to leave and they're going to go away and they're just going to reassure themselves and say, like, my partner's too much. There's, you know, they just are too mm-hmm. negative, mm-hmm. you know, and they just calm themselves down with this self-regulation. And the math behind that is every fight is training them not to do co-regulation and turn towards self-regulation so that's the muscle memory we're up against when we're trying to kind of create this change it's not just simply advice you tell somebody ah stop being so positive like you have to help them actually have success and what Lori and i are encouraging you all is if you're a withdrawer listening and you can catch this anchor that you get pulled to for very good reason going towards the positive you know, when your partner or a therapist or somebody else could help you understand the very good reasons you're doing what you're doing in that moment, guess what? In that moment, you are having success with co-regulation. That's what's going to train your body to stay engaged, to grow your capacity, to do more of these negative emotions. You have to have success. There's no shortcuts around having success with this co-regulation. Yeah, I think what we're trying to get people to do is to be able to be interdependent with each other to which, you know, two is stronger than one. And so having a system in your marriage or your partnership where you can rely on each other, two brains are so much smarter than one brain. Two people, the way they share emotions can help. And, you know, sometimes people say that are in this using positivity as a defense, they say, but I don't really need that from my partner. I don't need them to regulate me. What would you say to that, George? I think that has been the sum of their experiences, right? With their attempts to get help haven't worked so well, so they've overlearned how to self-regulate. And we live in a world that really appreciates self-regulation and affirms it and you get yes. promoted. And I mean, yes. it's really important. But what we're trying to get with drawers to do is to have the flexibility, self-regulate when they need to and go to co-regulation when it's going to be acceptable. And unfortunately, most of these people that are positive don't have that choice. Yes. So let's talk let's about, back. yeah, and talk Shall about we what back? we can do to kind of start shifting that. Okay. Better sex starts with phoria. People don't really think that they need extra help in the bedroom, but really you can be very surprised by how much better and more pleasurable it can get and how sex can be and your orgasms can be better and bigger. So Foria is using all-natural, plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. And it has like a cult following, thousands, tens of thousands of people who have had their sex lives transformed. Foria products will help women have more sexual pleasure. They have two best-selling products, Awaken Arousal Oil and Sex Oil. And both of them together, they're like a juicy warm-up. And the cool thing is, is they increase your pleasure and deepen your orgasms. Awaken uses CBD, and it's a warming, sensation-inducing organic botanical that kind of enhances your arousal and sensitivity. It turns you on. And together with sex oil, they are basically the perfect combo for peak pleasure. So, yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal to our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash foreplay or use the code foreplay at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness 
dot com forward slash foreplay for 20% off your first order. I recommend that you try their Awaken Arouse Oil and Sex Oil. You'll think me later. Quick shout out to Rebecca Jorgensen and her new exciting game to help couples. You can find it on buildingalastingconnection.com, the couple-connection-system. But if you get to the website, you're going to find this. This is really a cool thing that we want you to take advantage of because it's very reasonably priced and it basically takes principles of attachment and how you connect, how you can communicate better. It it gives you communication starters, conversation starters. It is really a fun thing. We're using it at our party this weekend for our therapists. We're going to introduce it to them. It is also a physical thing because it has a mat that you kind of walk around and do these exercises with. The mat assists you to kind of stay focused with each other and grounded because you're facing each other and you're moving through this, which we all know, right? Our bodies and our emotions are connected. So it's a beautiful resource. Good stuff. Highly recommend it. Check it out. That's buildingalastingconnection.com, couple-connection-system. All right. I think it's worth repeating, Lori. If you're a positive person, that you have really good reasons to have gone to this anchor in your life and why you want to. And going to it, the timing of it's usually not right for your partner. So we have to help you see the good reasons you're doing what you're doing because that's what gives you success in the co-regulation. Not try to do anything bad. I mean, it's a really hard thing to do when your brain says, make a choke, focus on the positive. Let's bring this in a, in a better place where you're going to feel safer and more connected. And your partner can't go there and then start, turns all that anger towards you. Like it's disjointing for the brain. And mm-hmm. then it's the very thing why what the brain was afraid was going to happen, which makes it more likely next time the same thing's going to happen. Yeah. So I hope everyone listening can, can start off. We're always trying to emphasize connect first before you try to fix or give advice. Most people just tell these positive people, stop doing it and just try to lean in and be there. Stop trying to fix things, which is mm-hmm. good advice, but it's missing that critical element right before they give advice, which is their own nervousness, their own fear of what's going to happen in co-regulation. If you connect with that and you give them a little taste of success in co-regulation, like somebody's seeing them and what they're trying to do and that makes sense, like it creates that safety you said earlier, it resources them to then be stretched in this uncomfortable place of sitting more with the negative. And eventually if they can sit in it and experience the success your friend experienced on a walk with you, which is, wait a second, this isn't so scary. Actually, you feel a little bit better when you share that negativity with another person. That's what really starts to help these positive people see the value in vulnerability or the negativity. You can't mm-hmm. talk them into it. Their bodies have to experience it. Mm-hmm. I think that is so key that there's a moment that the positive person doesn't feel so positive, doesn't feel certain, doesn't feel sure maybe about how to handle their partner or maybe the partner is bringing up fears that they have too, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't want to look at that. They don't want to think about the child who's slow in learning or the, the financial bill that's coming or something. And so when their partner draws their attention to something that creates anxiety inside them too, they, they don't want to go there with their partner. They don't want to go there with themselves. And so they don't learn to, team up together. That's one problem. And right. and what you're saying is 
if we can help them learn what their emotion is and help them share that maybe with their partner, I, I can't remember what it was, but my, my husband and I, he's nearly always positive about the kids. And I was sharing something and he turned to me and he said, you know, I'm worried about that too. Mm. And it was like, I felt so much relief. Like I wasn't crazy. I wasn't that this thing that I was worried about, he was sharing it with me, you know, and it, it felt vulnerable. Like, okay, he's, he's got anxiety inside too. And it was just, it was a great time of connection for us, for him to start to admit that about his concerns about the children and really great. And I think that that's what happens is then I learned on the other side of it about this positive move that he did is that there was something that happened in him that did not feel good before he went into the positive move. And my heart wants to comfort him there. You know, I don't want to just dump on him my anxiety about the children. When he tells me he feels anxious, too, it's like, oh, and now I can say something comforting to him. I mean, it then it becomes mutual. You know, I think that's one of the things that people who use this as the anchor or the defense are missing. They're missing that comfort from their partner. Exactly. You know, and, and your husband had some success. Right yeah, with that yeah, feeling, yeah. when you have success, it reduces the threat response, which is, creates more flexibility to make a choice. Like the next time it happens, do I actually feel anxious, which I can talk to my wife about, or actually, you know what? I actually think positivity is the best way to go with this because mm-hmm. there is a lot of value in that. Seeing the the opportunity for it to do something differently and better instead of kind of getting lost in the funk of things. Yeah. So you know, there there there's. There's a good reason to go both directions. And somebody that has the flexibility is going to have the most enriched life, right? They have the highest levels of engagement. I might be able to pull you into the positive Mm -hmm. or you might pull me into the negative. But as long as we're connecting, either way, we win. Mm -hmm. We're on the same page. What happens, unfortunately, with the toxic positivity is I go in the direction of the positive, away from the vulnerability. You stay in the vulnerability and get frustrated. And we're not on the same page. We're actually turning against each other. And that just doesn't work, Mm -hmm. especially if it's chronic. Yeah. And I'm thinking about this in a sexual cycle. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about actually, it was a couple that, I saw you work with and the man was kind of that toxic positivity guy. You know, what would happen is she would come home, try to download her day and he would try to draw her away from her anxiety and her concerns and her upset with positivity. Let's think about all that we've got, you know, and let's think about our evening. And his mind was actually, he had a need for sexual regulation That was how he got regulated. And so he's looking at her thinking, man, if she's down in the dumps, there ain't a chance. We're going to have sex tonight. tonight. (laughs) Oh, what a miss. What a miss. And, you know, I I could see his strategy, you know, that he was trying to pull her actually for his own need. He, He couched it as positivity. But what he didn't share is the ways his day has got him down and so she was left alone feeling like I'm the negative person, I'm the critical person, I'm the complainer. You know, that feels crappy. It and feels then, like that's but just just pause that a okay. second. The impact it is crappy for both of them. Mm-hmm. But again, the intent is good. I mean, that's his way of saying it gets me out of the funk. 
because I have something to look forward to. We're mm-hmm. going to feel connected if we have sex. I don't want her to get lost in the funk. So I'm going to try to pull her out. I mean, that positivity is fighting for her, himself, and the relationship. It is. Right? It's just doing it in a way that's terrible timing for her. Yes. Right? And she feels massively disconnected, not only not met, but then kind of blamed for being negative. Right. How the hell are you supposed to go from that to then wanting wanting to have sex? (laughs) And if if you have the ability, right, and many sexual pursuers do have that ability to compartmentalize. It's like... I don't don't care that we're not so emotionally connected. I can still want sex. And I can also know that after sex, we're going to feel more connection and we'll be resourced, we'll be gassed up and maybe better able Mm -hmm. to deal with our days. It's not a bad strategy. But for this couple, it was not going to be the strategy that worked. Yeah, for most couples, that's not going to work. So let's right. play with it. Okay. You want to be the the wife, I'll be the husband, I'll be sure, the toxic sure. positive one. Oh, yeah. For really good reason. Go so are you going to try to bring this up to me and give me some success so I could start to be aware of why I do this? Have I done some work? No, I think you And I'm trying to let you in? Try to talk me into sex and I, I like won't go there because I'm too upset with you for trying to not listen we to want to role play what most couples do yeah exactly so people could all right. <laughs> exactly let's do it the bad way then the good way all right i've had a terrible day shitty day i just like yeah. all this stuff at work is just getting me down i i just don't know what to do with these people yeah i'm sorry to hear that but you know i was really hoping we could you know talk tonight about just you know i know we got a trip coming up you know, we're going to go to Jamaica and I really want to kind of plan like it just I'm getting so excited to just get away from work, me and you and be on the beach and kind of have a couple of drinks and just relax and just like get excited about the trip. I mean, I think that would be so fun. Yeah, I guess so. I, I just I'm just not in a headspace to do that. I, you know, my my brain doesn't shift like that. It, You know, I, I just I. I, I cannot think about a trip when I have all this work ahead of me and all the things I got to decide and the people issues that I'm dealing with. I, I can't but go again, there. If we I like, both, if we take home all the shit we carry with us at work, right? I mean, it's just, it, it, we never turn off work. And then it, then it just starts to ruin what's happening here. You know, we got a lot of good things here. I mean, we want to watch a show tonight. I want to get some hangout time with you. We kind of put some music on, kind of like have a good dinner. Like we got, let's just get rid of the work. Who cares about the work? Let's just kind of enjoy each other. You know, I just feel like you're not listening to me. I I appreciate that you want to be romantic and all that. And yes, I want those things. And I hate to be a complainer, but honey, I am drowning at work. And it's like, you, you're you not really listening to me, to what I am okay, feeling. Because you're not listening to me either. You're allowing yourself to drown. It's a choice. You don't have to drown. If you want to focus on this, you are going to drown. If you focus on something else, you know, you'll be in a better place. It's a choice you can make. And, you know, it's... 
<laughs> okay, I definitely didn't want to have sex with that guy. <laughs> Come on now. I was not convincing. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's leaving. He's leaving me in this terrible Every place. Every couple, you know, hopefully can relate to this. We all do this. This is part of the human experience. We're not on the same page. No. You have good reasons you want to do co-regulation with me. I have good reasons why I don't want to go down that road. Although it's I will not say, work first. part of the sexual pursuer with me was like, yeah, that's that's a great strategy. Let's just have sex and get it all over with. <laughs> hey, see that? There you go. <laughs> yeah, but this woman that I was being was not a sexual pursuer. She was like, shut down. Well, worse than shut down. I mean, she's set up to reject I'm a complainer. When, she's already, her view right. of self, what she's seen in herself is she's such a drag to him. You know, and if she's such a drag to him, she's telling herself she's, yeah. he doesn't see her and then she's not desirable and these needs that she has are too much for him. So he, you know, she feels pushed away yeah. and so not desired, really. Yeah. I mean. it's It's a terrible setup for both of them. I mean, if you're feeling not met and worse, blamed and seen as complainer, why the hell would you want? You feel so far away from being so much mistrust. Your body's not going to want to right. kind of be intimate. You're set up to not want sex. Yeah. I am now kind of trying to hold myself in an open space where I can still have sex and want you and not let the negativity drown me. You know, and then when I reach out to have sex and you're going to you're going to reject me, that's going to feel terrible for me. I tried to fight for us by trying to hold out the space to be positive, And still, that's not enough. That's the work that I'm trying to do to fight for the sex. Right. Yes. This mathematically is a nightmare for both of us. Yes. And I can see what's going to happen to him. Right. He's he does have a good intent. And he I think the the issue is he doesn't really see what's happening for her as he tries to pull her toward the the good things in their life he's he's clueless about that so yeah. he's going to get whacked and then know why he's whacked and and worse when he gets whacked it's going to reinforce the next time why he wants to be positive and not go to this place yeah okay that's just the math behind it so toxic positivity please positivity is a great thing we want you to hold on to it it's just the timing of when you're going to do it if you can pause and say hey is this working for the two of us? If it's working for the two of you, woohoo! Go ahead, Lori, keep it going. Two positive people. Two positives makes double positive. <laughs> double. Right? <laughs> if your positive's not being met, you're not on the same page, talk about it. Okay. Thanks for listening. Keep it positive, baby. Okay, we are doing our training for couples therapists on how to work with sex and the sexual attachment cycle. I'm so excited. We're going to do this sponsoring it ourselves on March 3rd and 4th. Yeah, Lori, this training is going to be pretty cool, right? We have a whole bunch of therapists already signed up, but this is a chance to really try to figure out how to bring that sexual cycle into the room to work with it. Right, exactly. And we're going to go back and forth between the emotional and the sexual cycle and their interaction and how therapists can really get through when people are blocked in their sexual attachment and we want to do all kinds of things with them, you know, how and when to bring up sex, what are the EFT change events, working in the sexual attachment cycle, and I want to do four common sexual dysfunction blocks, and I'm just excited. Anatomy and physiology, that'll yeah. be fun. And forget our best sex conversation. And our best sex conversation right? assessment. Yeah. There's really a ton of information. that re You'll leave this training feeling much uh, better equipped on how to 
you know work with it and let's face it a lot of us don't get enough training to feel skilled in this area we need we need to do our work and this is just a good step in that direction yes so you can find us on foreplaysextherapy.com and it's under the resource section spread the word call in your questions to the foreplay question voicemail dial 833-MY-4PLAY that's 833-MY the number four play and we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24.